was your week? Did you enjoy that little bit of winter we had in the middle of, what the heck? What was that about? And now we're in summer. It's like, you put on your jacket or put on sunscreen. You choose. <laughs> I got here a bit late this morning. Um, Mark says, because he's in Maitland. And I'm like, babe, my alarm didn't go off. Why didn't you wake me up? He's like, I just thought you needed the rest. I'm like, babe, I'm speaking this morning. <laughs> Should have shaken me. He's like, oh, no, you're good. It's all good. Uh, hallelujah. So <clears throat> I love how Adrian shared last week. It was so good. Ministry is for all of us, amen. Not just for some of us who feel called to pastoral work, but for all of us, wherever God has placed us. And that shaped, that you've been shaped for the call of God in your life is an amazing thought. And if you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, get the message on the app and let it resonate deep within you in Jesus' name. Thank you, team. Thank you. You're amazing. Give them a huge round of applause this morning. <clears throat> so, so this week, we're going to kind of continue on. And um, by the way, if you're visiting this morning, so glad you're here. Welcome. Give our visitors a huge round of applause this morning. Good on you. 8.30. Rock on. <laughs> But this week, we're going to just take it that little step further, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and talk about being made for mission. And you know, we, we rabbit on about Isaiah 61. I know we do, but it's because it's so important to us, <clears throat> excuse me, when it says the spirit of the living God is upon me because. And this whole series that we've been doing is really about arresting your because and kind of messing with it so that you'll go to the Father. And for some of you, you need to resurrect your because. COVID and post-COVID days, and I don't even like talking about the word anymore, except what it has done is it's actually caused this kind of complacency, a little bit of comfort, settling for what was and yet the word of God hasn't changed and the mission of God across the earth hasn't changed and so that's why we're sitting in this purpose series to really challenge you to go before the father and resurrect your because you know when we talk about this word mission you know people think oh I've got to go overseas right but actually the word mission really means purposeful movement. Being sent from one place to another for a purpose, not for nothing. It's a very intentional word. And as we know, we've been born with a custom mission that Adrian spoke to last week and a common mission that we share with everybody. And when I think about that co-mission, the great co-mission, common mission, for God's great church across the earth, I don't think actually about, oh God, what are you doing in me? I actually don't think that. I think about the people who have no understanding about the love of God 
And they're not sitting in the four walls of a church anywhere in our nation this morning. They are in the highways and in the byways of life in our great land, many with an ache saying, there's got to be something more than this. And so when we talk about mission this morning, I want you to keep thinking it in that context of the great co-mission, that common mission for all of us. In Matthew 28, we'll start there and it says, Jesus spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth and so go, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. And it's actually what Slim said this morning, the presence of the Almighty is with us always. You know, it's so wonderful and empowering to hear Jesus say, I will be with you. I will be with you as you walk out the mission, the the individual mission and the great co-mission on your life. We... We have all been designed with this specific thing, tailor-made for you. But then there's this gloriously common calling. Do you remember Alicia Britsholi when she spoke to us a few years ago and she talked about our gloriously common calling to be Christ's witnesses, telling what we have experienced in the love of God and, and mirroring Jesus' actions in this world. In Luke chapter 2, I love it when um, it says, don't be, don't be afraid, the angel says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. And this is the line that gets me this morning, for all the people. Good news for all the people. I want you to remember those two words this morning, all people, all people. John 3.16, it's radical when he says, whoever Whoever believes in him will not perish. All people, all people. Whoever is this banner that sits over the ages when we hear that commission of the heart of God, this banner is for whoever, all people. Who isn't a whoever? Is anyone not a whoever this morning? It's like a Dr. Seuss book, whoever. But the word whoever, I want to remind you this morning, it smashes right through any political, racial divide, any social classes. It bypasses the things that our culture with gender division, it it smashes through the whole thing. It surpasses ancient traditions. and And the Bible says, whoever, whoever, and God's word makes it super clear and anyone who tries to restrict or minimise whoever needs to go back to the Word of God and find out actually what the Bible says. In Matthew 10, it says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Whoever. There's no little bunch of people that that does not include. Mark 3 says, Whoever does God's will, whoever is my brother and my sister. John 3, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life, 
It's inclusive on every level. John 4, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Whoever. See, sometimes we get a picture of what mission and the Great Commission is in our lives and our own prejudice tends to narrow down our understanding of whoever. And, you know, I know, I, you know, that word prejudice, you're like, really, me, prejudice? But, you know, we all have bits of prejudice in us sometimes we don't even know exist. In Revelation 22, the spirit and the bride say, come, let the one who hears, let the one who hears this say, come, whoever is thirsty, Come, it's, it's, it's the mission on our lives, family. Yeah. The, the sending to whoever, to all and everyone. Yeah. You know, when Jesus directs his disciples in John 20, and he says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Yeah. I'm sending, like an arrow. He's sending. And what are we being sent to? To our mission. (laughs) Paul is really specific. In Acts 20, he says, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. And then he, he keeps going. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Every believer's gloriously common calling is to share the good news of Jesus. We, you know, I love, there's so much I love about the local church. And, you know, when people start beating up on it, I, I get a bit ticked. And, um, you know, what's been happening in our media over the last, you know, whatever, years really, um, I get asked all the time to comment into these spaces. And I say no, because I know that unless... Um, a journalist is going to present a pure um, piece of media from my mouth to the airwaves, it'll be misrepresented. But a couple of weeks ago, there was a journalist and I felt the Holy Spirit say, talk to us. So I answered and said, I'm happy to talk to you off the record. She said, well, why would you do that? I said, because everything you hear, you're hearing people beat up on the church and the mission of the church. And what you see, you see like this this 000.1% of ridiculousness that goes on in the church. I want to talk to you personally about the church and who she is and the amazing things that are happening. If you're willing to do that, off the record, because it gets, you know, misconstrued, I'll talk to you. And she said, I would love to hear this. So I sat on my veranda and talked to her for an hour. And over the time, I got to just tell her of the good news of Jesus. And it was amazing how she started with a little bit of attitude. And by the end, she was so thankful. She said, no, in all my digging... No one's told me the good news. Everyone tells me the negative news. The mission of Jesus is good news. (laughs) Come on, the work of telling others, it's our gloriously common calling. And once we know, the Bible says like that once we know, then there's that 
expression of Christ's life in us that has to come out at the end of every blessing. When we declare the blessing at the end of every service, sorry, when we talk about the overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, that overflow is not just for you, yourself and I. That overflow is for everyone else. That overflow from our lives that have been transformed by the love of Jesus. And you know, there's a word for this and it's often misunderstood and it's the word evangelism. And people are like, oh, I'm not an evangelist, but actually the Greek word for evangelism, do you know what it is? Two words, good news. <laughs> so you all qualify as evangelists. Good news, it's good news. Don't make it all funky. It's about Jesus in you, the good news. The reason you're here today is that God has done something in your life or you have a hunger for more, and you're, the, the Bible tells us it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So it's, that's why we're here today, because of the good news. Acts 1 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my... Yep, there's four people. <laughs> and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere... Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. You know when Jesus said that to um, his disciples, do you know where they were? They were in Jerusalem. They were home. So that's the first thing God actually speaks to us about. Start at home. Start with the people closest to you. Start with the people right here in your own village. Do people know that you follow Jesus? You know, it's not, you don't have to wear the T-shirt to work on Monday. I'm a Jesus follower. Hello. If you wear the T-shirt, you better live the life. But anyway, I'm going to move right on. Um, <laughs> that was not in my notes. But I did used to worry when people had a fish on the back of their car and I'm like, oh, people, come on. If you cut someone else or abuse them on the freeway, please take your fish off. <laughs> start at home start at home family start at home your relatives start at home you know we, we can tell and we can display we can declare but we can demonstrate we can demonstrate the love of God shed abroad in our hearts God all he wants us to do is to be witnesses. He doesn't say, be my defence attorney. He doesn't say, be, uh, you'll be my prosecutor. He doesn't say, be my salesman. We don't have to defend God. He's good at defending himself. He's been doing it a really long time. We don't need to be a salesman for God. He just says, be a witness. Be a witness. A witness is someone who tells someone else what they've seen, what they've experienced. I saw this and then I saw this and then that's what happened. And a witness, that's your job, is to tell others what you have experienced. That's what this commission is about, evangelism, witness, mission. It's not scary. It sounds like, ah, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You talk all the time. 
out of the overflow of our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. One of my favourite biblical examples is from John 4. I like John 4 for lots of reasons, the whole worship debate, I love it. And we find Jesus doing here what others wouldn't do, going out of his way to reach a lady who was desperate for hope. This story challenges me a lot because I always get challenged how willing am I to be inconvenienced to bring hope. There's nothing about Jesus' life that was coincidental. And and there was a pull on Jesus' heart that day by a woman who, by all intents and purposes, had been cast out by her community. There's a lot of casting out of community in our world today. Are you left? Are you right? Are you up? Are you down? There's a lot of casting out of communities, even well-known communities, communities you've grown up in, um, and not just your physical communities, but your relational communities. And, and this woman, you know, five previous husbands, due to tragedy or her own choices, maybe a mixture, we don't understand it all. But the Bible gives us a picture of her pain and her isolation. Again, the Bible gives us a picture of the world through this beautiful woman's life. And she's drawing water in the heat of the day to protect, I am sure, the little piece of dignity she had left. And we know from Scripture that deep in her heart, she was waiting for the promised Messiah. In verse 25 of John 4, she says, I know he is coming. You know, when the Bible gives us a picture of humanity, it says that there is a piece of eternity placed in the heart of every person which creates the longing for something more. And that's what this woman is experiencing. From verse 23, I'll read, But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. This is Jesus speaking. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. When the disciples came back, they marveled that he was talking to a woman. And no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking to her? Um, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, come and see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and they were coming to him. And, and I love here, in the presence of Jesus, this Samaritan woman finds exactly who her heart had been ultimately longing for. And as it is for us all to fully accept who you are, you've got to go back to the maker. You've got to go back to the one who made you. And once you understand how deeply loved and purposed your life is, It really does change everything else about your life. And here she was, outcast, broken, living under the cruelty of unjust human opinion. And after this Jesus encounter, we we hear she leaves her water jar. She leaves the immediate 
She leaves the temporal water that will satisfy her first thirst for a moment to living water that will never run dry. And she runs to the town. Now, remember, this is a woman who is outcast, but she runs back into the town of the people who have outcast her and, and is on mission. Come, she says, come and see the guy. I found him. The one we've been waiting for, I found him. She leads many people, leads them to Christ. She doesn't lead them to the sinner's prayer. She leads them to Christ. And that revelation of Jesus creates this amazing moment of many people getting saved. She didn't need Bible college. She didn't need a CV that said she's qualified now for the Great Commission. Just wait five years. And when I think I've watched your life long enough and I think you're all good, then you can go and tell people. No, no, this girl in, in not even a second encounters Jesus. And from that encounter, she knows nothing else except I have found what I've been looking for. And off she goes on the Great Commission. I love this story. This should make you feel really included. She had a personal encounter, not a second-hand one. A personal encounter, a testimony. See, you can battle me all day, every day on my theology. That's awesome. I really don't mind. But you cannot discredit my personal testimony. And this is why the Bible tells us to tell others what God has done. Tell others, family, what God has done. You have to make up, you know, I used to, when I was a teenager and I'd hear all these testimonies. And like my life, even though it was a bit ratty in the, when I was 15, I was living out of home. But it was, it was Disneyland compared to some other people. And I used to think, do I have to make something up to make it sound a bit more radical, you know? God saved me from, ah! It's like, no, 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 no. We were born to have an encounter with Jesus that changes our life eternally. In Revelation 12, what does it say? They overcame him, the enemy, by the blood of the Lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. Witness, commission, evangelism, think the word of your testimony. Nobody can be a better witness about your life than you. Nobody can be a better witness about what God has done in your life than you because you are the authority on your life. Not me, not an authority figure, you. You know your testimony and God says, I just want you to tell other people what's happened to you. It's happened in your life. We don't, you know, we don't have to go into this, we've got it all together and now we're perfect because that would be called lying. But what we do, we talk about the grace of God, the great grace of God. I, I work out with a trainer and I've been with her for about a year and a half and I love her. And, and I mean, I talk every Monday. She's like, how was church? I'm like, here we go. And, and I'm not talking about my perfect life because my, my life is not perfect. And I'm a very imperfect, flawed person. 
But I talk about the grace of God and the stories. And she's like, that's amazing. It's our Monday conversation. And she is on a journey toward encountering Jesus for herself. Tell, tell. Come on, it's our time. In week two, you know, we talked about God is building a family. And it's not an exclusive family. God is building a family of people who love and trust him and that are going to spend eternity with him. And God doesn't want anyone to miss out. Second Peter 3, it said, The Lord isn't being slow about his promise. Because, you know, a lot of people, he's can't, Jesus is coming tomorrow. So, you know, it's like, yes, and the Bible says we've got to live like he's coming tomorrow and live like he's coming in a thousand years. Plant, build your life, and then live like he's coming tomorrow. So the Bible is, is clear on that, but it says here, the Lord's not being slow, as some people think. No, he's being patient because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So there's this commission in us. It's, it's not about taking over the world. It's about sharing the love of Jesus. That's what it's about, family, the mission that Jesus Christ started when he came to earth. And then he, he says to us to tell. It's like he puts the future in our hands. He's like, tag, I'm going back to heaven. Tag, you're it. And, he, and this is our time in history. This is your time in history. It's the greatest privilege we've ever been given to be in on making history. You think about it. That's ama- it's mind-blowingly wonderful. Jesus tells a man that was just healed and saved in Luke 8, he goes, well, go back home to your family. Tell them everything God has done for you. So he went through all the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus has done. Jesus says the same thing to us. And if the, um, if the team could come, that would be amazing. And that's what God wants us to do. Our friends, our family, co-workers, our neighbours. To the ends of the earth. And I'll just, you know, I'll address it quickly for time. But when we say to the ends of the earth and then we automatically think, well, we've got to go to the ends of the earth. And that is amazing if you can. That is wonderful if you can. But, you know, I found a way to go to the and be on the Great Commission to the ends of the earth from my home, from my car, from the side of my bed, from my garden. And it's through prayer. That commission to pray, to pray for our brothers and sisters, to hold up their arms in prayer, like at the Sisters Gather Day when, when um, Freda, um, when she said, please pray for my sisters in Iran because they're not living the life that I'm living. And so it was amazing. We all as women started to pray for the women of Iran. Don't get mad. We're gonna, we pray for everyone. But in that moment, we were praying for the women. And it was so heavenly because we aligned with the heart of God and we aligned with the great commission to go. I can't go to Iran today, but I can pray. And I know the power of prayer, as do you. We know that God answers prayer. In Acts 4, I love it, it says, And when they had prayed, the whole place where they were gathered was shaken and they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. See, I love this. Because 
When we talk about this and all the introverts go, oh, I can't do it, and maybe the extroverts are going, I can't do that either. But you know what? That's kind of the point. Because to open our mouths, our lives, our hands with boldness and courage, where does it come from? It comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. It's where the courage comes to suffer for Christ. It's from the power of the Holy Spirit. It's where we find joy unspeakable and full of glory when all the world is crashing in. It's from the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the love of Jesus. When, when Jesus um, went back to the Father, He gave us the Holy Spirit, not just comforter and friend, but to embolden our lives, to give us um, courage, to complete our mission. We go knowing that we are empowered for mission by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is not an atmosphere. You know, people say weird prayers sometimes. It's like the Holy, this atmosphere is like, no, no, no. The Holy Spirit is a person, part of a triune God, all-powerful. And remember, when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to the three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You don't get to take one out because He makes you uncomfortable. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the beauty of God is that He is not reckless with our hearts. I won't say that He doesn't put you in places that you feel uncomfortable because He does continually put me in places that I feel uncomfortable. But when I try to do things in my own strength, I get it wrong. But when I rest and go, God, I have no idea why you were putting me here. But right now, Holy Spirit, just give me the grace and the words to say so that I can be a witness. Not just do witnessing. No, I can't stand the battle, the Instagram battle with Christians. I'm like, there is nothing about that that gives glory to God. There is nothing about that that builds the kingdom of God. Anyway, there's a whole two pages that I'm not going to get to because of time, but about that being gentle as doves and wise as serpents in the days that we live in. Being a blessing wherever we go. Making genuine connections. Putting margin in your day for people. I've had to learn that. To be an authentic witness of Christ. To laugh when you fail. You know, be honest, lean into the family of God so we can walk it out together. That's, that's like part of witness, living an authentic and real life before God. Just for time, I'm going to skip through. I, I just want to get to this. <clears throat> Everyone all right? Thanks for being so lovely and listening well. The good news to the ends of the earth in our day. The good news to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, being not quick to put limits on people's lives. It's the whoever, whoever. I'm part of the whoever. You're part of the whoever. How did you end up in relationship with Jesus? It's often not from the things we think. It's mostly through an invitation, through a relationship, through the kindness of God. And if you're ever confused, if you're just like, what is my purpose? And maybe you don't know the exact thing for your life, but 1 Peter 2, 
makes it, it just clears it all out for us. It says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And then it gives us the why, not so that we can just be blessed, but that we may proclaim the excellency of Him who called us out of darkness and into His marvellous light. Isn't that awesome? To proclaim, to tell, to testify, to be evangelists, to be on mission, that we may proclaim His excellencies, that we may tell of how we ended up from the darkness into His marvellous light, that one gloriously common calling. The love of Jesus is for all people and this is our turn. This is our moment. This is our lifetime to tell. Do you know, often people feel they've just gone too far for God to accept them. <clears throat> They're like, I, you know, this is God, God could never love me. And, and if you think like that, go back to the story of the prodigal son. You know, the word says that he wasted his father's inheritance. In the Greek, it's actually the same word as like throwing your seed, just throwing it into the air. So imagine the prodigal son throwing his father's money to greedy merchants, tossing it to the wind. And when it all runs out and all of our stuff, family, will one day all run out. And yet the hunger that gnawed at his stomach is the actual thing that kind of helps him turn around. Sometimes people have got to get to that place before they turn around and he, he swallows his pride and he turns in the direction of home and he rehearses his acceptance speech but it turns out he didn't need it because the father saw him and ran to him and fell at his feet and kissed his boy. He was on the lookout for his son and the father was saving the son's place for one day when that's how God is with us. He's saving our place too. We, we can lose so much in this life. And I know in this season, there's a lot of grief in our community. We can lose money and jobs and, and friendships and we can lose so much, but we can never lose our place on God's whoever list. Whoever. It's God's wonderful word of welcome. Whoever. Welcome. Whoever. Welcome. That's the love of God. And that's as simple as we need to know to go out and tell the story of how you found yourself in Christ. So I want to pray for two lots of people this morning, firstly. And if everyone could just bow your head. Maybe this morning you're sitting here. And, and Christians, this is the time where you pray. Maybe this morning you're sitting here and you're like, I need to come home. I need to open my heart up to the Lord. Maybe you have, um, years ago, maybe you had really followed Jesus, but you found yourself just in a bit of a mess in the last, the last little season. And this morning, that whoever, I want you to hear it as welcome. Welcome. And I want to pray for you right where you're seated. And I'm, I'm not going to bring you out the front, but I am going to ask you to pray a prayer with me where you're seated. So if that's you, I want you to lift your hand really quickly so I can see it. But with all your heart this morning, just say, yes, darling, I want you to pray for me today. Hallelujah. Come on, family, keep praying. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Seeing a little, a couple of little like <laughs> hands in the air and straight down. And that's okay. The biggest thing this morning is about your heart. So why don't I pray and you repeat after me. And what this prayer is, is saying, God, I open my heart to you this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, today I turn around from living life my own way and with all that I am, I say yes to living life your way. Thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. And I am now a Christian in Jesus' name. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.